Praise the Lord. Uh, if you want to to this word, just call it the naughty corner. The naughty corner. And I'm very sure every parent can relate to what the naughty corner is. Yes. Or oh, children, you've been put in the naughty corner before. So um, we're going through that today, the naughty corner. Um, and um, our key verse is from Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. Jeremiah chapter 29, from verse 11 to 14. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Said so then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Said so you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Said so I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and place you where I banished, where I have banished you, declares the Lord. Said I will bring you back to the place where I carried you into exile. Amen. 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 And so there's prophet Jeremiah, the Lord speaking to Jeremiah regarding the people of Israel. And if you go to the Bible, the of Israel pretty much vexed God and God said, Okay, you, we know you you know better, right? Um, well, I will, I will give it to other nations to 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 um, pretty much uh, in, into exile. And so the, I mean, the Babylonians came, took the Israelites into exile. Um, and we see again and again, just again, from disobedience of God, God actually put them into this experience. And yet Jeremiah was actually speaking, and you know, of course speaking about a, uh, a restoration, if you will, to say, okay, this has happened. Um, in what had happened, it was not to harm you. Um, it's actually prosper you, and so it's because I love you. I'm doing this to you. It's for hope and for the future. And it, and the other the, the other part of that verse actually said, he said, because um, you have sought, you sought, you sought, you've sought my face. You've come after me with all of your hearts. Um, you've you've now found me. Said I will bring you back. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you. So pretty much a reinstatement, a bringing back to the original state. And said that anywhere that I've carried to Excel, I will bring you back from those places. Um, and so, the naughty corner is what we're looking at. Again, so we're going to look at just three set, three key sections. What is it? Why and how do we get placed there? And then how or what do we do? Um, or how do we get out of said place? Uh, and so, as a parent, um, like I said, as a, as a once upon a child, your parents have told you um, timeouts. Perhaps you've been misbehaving, throwing tantrums, thinking you know better, like, okay, time out, go to the naughty corner. Um, I mean, as a child, uh, the recipient of playing place to that corner is not, not conducive. You are, you are like, no, this is, this is harming to me. I don't feel good about this. Like, why? Like, you know, I mean, go from quickly go from anger to lamentation to please, mercy, and I mean, it goes pretty quickly in, in, those, in that sequence. Um, but again, as a, from the parent's point of view, like, 
the reason why they're, why they're doing that is for, is for, is for good. Uh, whether it's a teachable moment, a time for you to actually say, you know what, focus. We, like, you seem like you're just getting, you're all over the place. Compose yourself, get yourself, check yourself. Um, and then I would like only with respect to us parents, even in sports, in sports, like the time you see a player who is disoriented and not happy, like performing well, or is just again not having that attitude, or like is breaking the team spirit, and the coach will tell you, time out. Like, go sort yourself out, like, because again, you can't, we can't function as a unit if you are going off the rails. And so, the naughty corner is again something that we really need to understand. So, what is it? Um, in the Bible, there are moments that the Bible just read of exile, of captivity, and it could be a wilderness experience as well. So one exactly just sent into a place of desolation, and so we saw Jesus and his wilderness experience. We saw Elijah and his experience as well. It could be the valley moments where things are actually low, things are not as as, as green as, as uh, we're not on that high, or we're again where we're not again feeling as great. Could be in deserts as well. We saw again people in the Bible, literally people have actually gone into the desert in Revelation, the woman who actually went to who was placed in the desert as a way to be again taking that time out from all of what was happening in the tribulation. It could be an ocean as well. I mean we pray, we we always um, sing the song, Spirit lead me, um, Spirit lead me where my faith is out borders and all and it's a place where again like it stretches you, takes you away from what is convenient and what is familiar. And it could be the storm as well. Uh, when we see Jesus and the disciples in the in the boat, where they were like, ah, like, okay, what's happening here? Are we, are we going to die? This man is sleeping. Uh, and right in that storm, there was almost like a timeout for them to actually like again, reconnect, like really think of what, about what, what was, what was, what really mattered, what was actually important to them. Um, and so this, 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 Things happen in life in so many in so many instances. Um, what is it? It is when God gives a timeout. Um, again, Israel, the Israelites, and in, in, in Babylon, again, these people, their hearts was away from God. They were worshiping other gods. They were wise in their own eyes. They were, I mean, they just wanted to do their things their own way. In fact, God did not plan to have them have a king, but they're like, no, we want to be like other nations of the world. Give us a king. Give us a king. And so they are pretty much playing their own hand and playing to their own understanding. And God was like, okay, I've had it with you guys. <laughs> Just have a timeout. Um, and then for mankind, again, I said, mankind before the fall of Jesus um, as well. Like, again, we got had an original plan for man. Man sinned. And God pretty much gave us a timeout before Jesus came. It was us doing so many things to get back before he came in his mercy, providing that provision of Jesus. Um, also, the time of Noah. I mean, God had created the world, he said it was perfect, it was beautiful. But then we saw what happened, and he said, you know what, it's time for me to hit a reset on this. I'm going to actually flood the, the earth and, and pretty much give the world, give the earth or mankind a timeout. Um, and so again, it comes, we have so many instances of the Bible. It's troubled times caused by us that um, God allows us to go through for it as a teachable moment. So I think that's one big difference between, again, um, this and perhaps. Um, God is trying to give us take us to an experience that again it's, it's for our own growth. Timeouts are usually caused by us. We are the instigators. They're the ones that really like play, make God want to put us in, in such a such a, 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 a situation or circumstance. And so troubled, troubled, troubled times caused by us 
that God allows us to go through at the teachable moments. So that is what it is. That's what the Dante Corner is. But why is it like why like what's the purpose of it? Like why why does it have to be a Dante Corner? Why can't we just tell us right in the there where we find us just again say, guy, uh, this is the this is the way to go and not need to actually place us or us again have that again separation or a kind of like a, a constraint kind of like again situation circumstance. How do we get placed there? The first re- reason that is sin. So sin is one thing that actually gets us there. Um, can I open a bit first? Um, Isaiah 59 from verse 1 to 2. Isaiah 59, 1 to 2. And then if Arabic Samuel open quickly open for us. Second Samuel, first Samuel 15 to 10, uh, 15 verses 10. So Isaiah 59, 1, 1 to 2. First Samuel 15, 10. Isaiah 64, 5 to 6. Ooh, we're going to read a lot of verses, so please be your Yeah, Isaiah 59, 1 to 2, yes. Indeed, the Lord's hand is not too weak to save, and his ear is not too deaf to hear. But your iniquities are separating you from your God, mm. and your sins are pleading his feet from you, mm. so that he does not listen. Mm-hmm. So it's not like God is not, his hand is now short, or his ears are now small, I can't hear him. So, but our sin brings about a separation, and then he actually closes his face from us. And so, one thing that again brings about us being placed. In not to corner is sin. It brings about a separation. God does not change. God remains strong. God remains mighty to save. He's, he's still God. But again, because of our sin, we get placed in not to corner. Uh, first Samuel 15, verse 10. First Samuel So again, when God gives us instruction or when He plays a way in which we should act, again, as parents, you tell your child, stop jumping on the chair. And he keeps jumping on the chair, up and down. I must do something on the chair. You come back before you turn around, jumping on the chair. Then it's like, time out. <laughs> so again, disobedience, God has told you to do certain things and you don't follow those, those, those instructions. It's like it puts us into check. Uh, Isaiah 64, 5 to 6. And then someone else, Proverbs 16, verse 18. 54, 6. 64. Isaiah 64, 5 to 6. And then Proverbs 16, verse 18. 64. 64. Isaiah 64, 5 to 6. Come to help. They come to the help of those who guide you in the right, who remember your ways. But when you continue to sin against them, you are angry. Mm. How then can we be saved? Mm. All of you, all of us, have become like one who is complaining. All our righteous acts are like hills rise. We all scream, scream. Up like a leaf, 
and like the room uh, since you passed. Mm. So self-righteousness is another thing that brings about us being pretty in God's corner. He said all our righteousness is like a filthy rag. And the story that comes to mind is Noah. When God told Noah to go and tell people of, of Nineveh to repent, and he just became self-righteous, like he was like, oh, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go tell them, let them go, let them get themselves out. Like, well, I'm like, no. That even the point where you did obey God, it was still like, like, oh, but, and, sorry, Jonah. Sorry, not Jonah. Jonah. So just for context, Jonah, Jonah and that, Jonah's people and maybe the Navy people, they're not friends. Mm-hmm. So it was about God said, go and help you. God got up to your friends. So got up to your enemy. Enemy. So that I don't, I don't like be, I don't have to destroy them. And I was like, ah no. I'd rather them destroy themselves. So that he pretty much made himself like <laughs> judge you and executioner. I'm like, no. So that's self-righteousness, that's pride, that's again, like, well, yeah, no, no, then I'm just, oh, the, the downfall is my, my, my benefit. But he said, the righteousness is like filthy rags. Mm-hmm. And this, again, we saw what God gave me the, the best not to come out to put, in, put me in the wheels for me, for, for, for checkouts. I mean, I remember him, him just lamenting me and going through those process of like anger to, just to, 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 to be remorseful. So again, self-righteousness is one thing that again allows us to be put in that place. Um, Proverbs 16, verse 18. And someone else, James 4, plus 6. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction, mm. and in that spirit before the fall. Mm. And James 4, verse 6, that it says, God resists the proud. Uh, may God not resist us in Jesus' name. <laughs> like, it's you, the pride, pride can really, like, and I mean, I'm not going to like, ah, we all know better, we'll not be proud, like, oh, but, like, but it's little by little, like, like, in your, your, the way you conduct yourself, the way you talk to somebody, the way you, like, it's, if I'm, I'm, I mean, me and my wife, we keep checking out, so that say, come, like, are you pompous? Are you, are you classist? Like, am I classist? Am I behaving in a way that seems as if I'm, I'm trying to, I seem better than other people? And we call ourselves out to be able to see that in ourselves. Because we, we like say, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm humble. I'm, like, but those some, some little things that seep in. And I mean, devil, I mean, God created the devil. Like, Lucifer, I said, you praise me. I mean, out of God's creation, like, that prayer still seeped in. I was like, ah, I will, I will, I will. And so, pride is one thing that, again, say God resists the proud. And so, when we start to cut out pride, and again, it doesn't come up automatically, it doesn't take over automatically, it seeps in this by in our conduct, in our behavior, in our, in our utterances, in how we react, in how we, again, say things and all, like in, in our behavior, in our relationships, it seeps in every now and then, but it said, it said, pride goes before the fall. And God receives the proud. So pride would is one thing that God has received in Saul. Saul if so many people in the Bible, like Samson. That was all pride. Going to do all those like flexing of like, oh, do this, time me, do so. It was all like trying to show up. It was like I would I would write about that as I as I do before, and I would go and I would the rich the rich fool. I would tell my soul, I would tell out my band. This I mean, as a business, like ah, what you said was logical. I mean, if you have excess, you would you do all these things. But again, the spirit in which you do it, in which you say, you really acknowledge God. And so, again, God definitely puts us in check when we are proud, or when pride starts to sip in. And the last one is Mark 4, um, verse 40. Mark 4, verse 40. Mark 4, verse 40. 
if you are you if you are sued in court. Okay. Four. Oh, Because we've done this, 
that declaration would not stand. Mm. It was more of like, maybe after doing all these things, God will show us mercy. I, I'm like, for, I think we Christians we are very entitled because many of us, do, we see God's face and we're like, I've prayed, after all I've prayed, I've fasted, after all I'm good now, so we have to stop all this, <laughs> we have to stop all these things. But like, Lord, it was not like, we are doing these things, we are remorseful, we are sorry, but it's still up to you. And so there's that, you know, we used to have that in the moment, when placed in the, in the naughty corner, when placed, when God actually checks us. It's not like, oh, God has said, sorry, that everything sweeps up. Like we're still in God's, we're still in the hands of God, mercy, that is just hope and, and pray. And I mean, yes, it's a merciful God, but we're not entitled. That's why it's called mercy in the first place. You don't have the right to mercy. You don't have a, you don't dare to say, oh yeah, I've done X now, give me Y. No. And so, how do we get out of how do we get out of that? That again, first, that God, I'm sorry. That revolution of like we are sorry. And again, in our composure and our behavior, and again, said from the least to the greatest. There's no like, oh. I'm sorry, but I can't go on my knees. Oh, I don't stay my clothes. Oh, I'm sorry, and I can't. This is the limit to which I, I'm sorry. I mean, so the chair will tell you that. The chair will tell you sorry, and I'm like, that, that's not for me. <laughs> that, that's not, that is not the truth. That's not genuine sorry. I say sorry because you believe it worked, but you say sorry. There's this, this other thing that happens automatically. You're like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to take that sorry. That's not real. They're not genuinely like, that's not an apology. Um, or when you come to group of friends, yes, sorry to show that, sorry, sorry, like, uh, what is that? <laughs> so, again, that's to be genuine, that's to be for real. Mm-hmm. And again, at, at, at that, at that, and it's not again that we are then, we now say, okay, God said, sorry, God, get out of this place. No, it's still again in God's mercy that then decides or chooses to get us out of that situation. Uh, second of all, we have to cry for mercy. Luke 18, verse 38. Story of the of the of Bartimaeus um, said, "Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me." I want to think that hush, hush. He cried out, cried out even louder. So, and uh, yeah, I've been on the end of being disciplined before. Like when you are told to put down, and they tell you to stood down, stood down, this thing, and they tell you keep quiet, don't stop, stop talking. You actually shout, you shout louder, so that even your neighbor. Come and beg on your behalf. <laughs> or you shout louder for your grandma in her room to come and hear. So she can beg her son to, to release you. So you shout for mercy. You don't that's not when you start composing and saying, oh <laughs> uh, I was putting on conclusion. Like, no, you cry for mercy. You cry for mercy. Um, and then number, number three, you actually show that you understand what God the, the, the teachings, the like the teachings that you actually want. What what was that thinking about that situation? But again, I said for us, we might say, "Oh, God is, oh, this is not a great experience." But for God, we want to we want it to be a teachable moment for us. Because remember, again, in our key in our key text, the Israelites' heart was away from God. He sent prophets. He sent everybody to talk to them. Still, they would not listen. And now, okay, time out. What's Babylon? And then in there. There in Babylon, you didn't still learn what God was telling them, that there was no point. But he said, oh, now, he said, you call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. That you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. He said, I will be found, declared the Lord. 
So again, what God wants to get, what are we asking ourselves in that naughty corner that, God, what is it that you want me to get from this experience? Mm-hmm. Why are we just thinking, God, I want this to end? Because like, I want this to end, we put ourselves back there again. If you can't, if you don't do the test and pass the test, you keep repeating the test. So again, if you don't, you say, God, this situation is hard. Yes, I don't like, I don't like being here. But what is God wanting me to learn from this? So I don't find myself here again. And just keep repeating that same cycle and over and over again. So then we to ask ourselves, God, what is it that you want me to learn? And then you have to like again start showing that, put that into practice, behaving that way. Um, Jesus was once said like you only get you get the you get the title after you've done the job. Many of us like you that way around. Oh, promote me to senior director of this thing, and then I start acting as such. Said no. The actor is the director. They were like, oh, that thing has done already. You might as well enforce the title on him. So if we want God to actually get out of that naughty corner, we just start living as if, yes, I've gotten the lesson, I've gotten what you want me to learn from this experience. And God says, oh, yes, I see that. Now, you're able to go. Uh, and so, again, we can't just afford to just, again, just have it be about mercy. Are we learning as well? Are we growing? Are we to take, are we learning the lessons that God has placed us there in the first place for? It's also a time to actually focus on the things that matter. It's not a corner. Like, you're, you're not, your mind is not everywhere. You are like, I mean, I'm, even my, my daughter said it for herself, where she just go and sit down on the corner. Like, nobody told her to go to the corner. And she will not be, just a cup, she's just very active. She will just, like, just go and sit down and take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. I think it's from the school thing about TV. And she just take herself there and she just sit down, calm. For like five, ten minutes, and then she'll continue what she's doing. Which for adults, that was do meditation, do meditation. That's part of meditation. But again, it's a bit, it's actually we focus on the things that matter. Because life will get us in a different corner, whether it's for family, children, finance, health, job, career, marriage, travel, whatever, health, that there are so many ways that in which we are stretched. But in that naughty corner, which again, like I said, we we, we cause God to put us in the first place. It's time to actually again recalibrate and then just again focus on the things that matter because there's less distractions and then we just again focus on God. Um, and so again, that's again what we should do here and how to get out of, of the place. So in summary, while the flesh may see the naughty corner as a place of pain and hardship, God has created this place as an opportunity for us to rest and be restored. Again, the key verse we said, in the verse we read, it said, I will bring you back to a place where I carried you into exile. Uh, it said, I will gather you from all the nations and places that I banished you, uh, banished you from. Uh, and so it's a thing of like, God is wants to restore us. It's a thing of restoration. He wants to bring us back to the original plan. Uh, it said, this rod and the staff, they comfort us. What is the rod? You, you misbehave. The rod spanks you. What is the staff? You try to bear away, it pulls you back. And so it comforts, it wants to bring us back to the original plan. What the plan desires for us, which is of good mm-hmm. and not of evil, to get us to that expected end. So avoid the need to be placed in the naughty corner. And how do we do that? We do that in 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, where it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, in workman and not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. So if we dwell in God's word all the time, it's very good. It's not really rare or hard for us to be placed in the naughty corner because we know, we know the mind of God, we know the heart of God. 
But that said, that I mean, we are flesh. We say we're still in the flesh. And so, however, we get placed there every now and then. Let's do the needful. Let's ask for mercy and get out. How do we do that? We see that in our key verse. So again, let's seek the face of God. Tell you, call upon me, pray unto me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your hearts. I will be found by you. And when we find God, then it gets us back to the original plan. Let's fight for prayer. Say, God, lead us unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's pretty much that prayer in that in the in the last prayer. Just when we when we when, when we go to tempt, when we're tempted, when we have need to get very away from God's plan, like it's still again that we can go to the girl shed into not corner, but deliver us from evil means that again get us back when we find ourselves in such places. Say God, help me. Help me. And let's pray a prayer of restoration. In case you find yourself in a naughty corner. And it could be in the, any any area, it could be like again in um, for different reasons, whether it's again your finance or spirituality or in your, in your marriage or in your, with your relationship with your children in the place of tithing and offering, whatever it is, again, disobedience or pride or anger or anything, jealousy, whatever it is, whatever vices us, again, God wants to at least want us at least get, get rid of our dress. Say, God, restore me. Get, restore me to the original plan. Because he said, when he married, he said, a man becomes a new creature. He said, all things have passed away. Mm-hmm. Look, Restore me to the original plan of the plan of restoration, the plan of again being a new person in you, O Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, O Lord. Restore me, O Lord. Wherever I've been banished to, Lord, bring me back. Wherever I've been exiled to, Lord, bring me back, O Lord. Bring me back to your original plan, O Lord. Bring me back to your first love, O Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your name, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.